Welcome to the Rainmaker Fundraising Podcast, where you'll get actionable tips and advice on major gifts, direct response fundraising, legacy giving, and much more from leading experts in the nonprofit sector. Now, here are your hosts of the Rainmaker Fundraising Podcast, Andrew Olson and Roy Jones. Hey everyone, this is Andrew Olson with Rainmaker Fundraising Podcast, and I'm I'm super excited to be sitting down with Duncan Sheeb today. So Duncan's a charity auctioneer, a video producer, fundraiser, mm. and he's Duncan. You've raised over two hundred million dollars for charities. Yep. It sounds like all over the globe, right? Yeah, no, I've been very fortunate in a, in a corporate and, and non-profit world where I've been able to take certain skill sets that I have uh, that I've accumulated over the years and, uh, you know, grew up in Australia doing a lot of, you know, as a, as a corporate auctioneer, working for, you know, all, all the you know, auction houses and other events and obviously doing a lot of non-profit work with that. Uh, and that's taken me to the UK, Hong Kong, and obviously I've been now in New York for 10 years and I still travel to Australia for events. I still go to the UK. Uh, and so I have sort of a client base sort of you know, all around, which is great. Cool. Well, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here to talk about the changing landscape, particularly of event fundraising right now. I mean, I mean, hasn't it changed? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, today is April 7th. We're having this call. You're sitting at your home yep. in Battery Park City in New York. So you're, you know, right in the heart of, of you know, the epicenter for the U.S., for this COVID-19 thing. And, and, you know, I, so much of your business is, is focused on that sort of in the room face-to-face fundraising. I, I'm curious to know, like, what are your clients asking right now? What, what do those conversations look like? Yeah, it's, they, they, they vary a lot. For those who are heavily reliant on event fundraising to fund their nonprofit and their missions, there is a sense of desperation coming out in a lot of them, because we don't really know when this is going to end. And the financial impact on the community at large hasn't even wound itself out yet. You know, we are, we are months away. Maybe we're a year away from really knowing the level of impact that this will have on the US, New York, the US, the globe. And so you know, everyone has tightened their belts, you know, for, for us in New York, you know, I've gone from, you know, looking at doing 60 or 70 events this year to let's assume we can get out and about in the fall, you know, we might do 20. So, you know, everyone's tightening their belts to, to, you know, on discretionary spending fund. And for those who have been very heavy reliant, you know, they're, they're very worried, but, you know, again, they have all the information, the data about their donors. It's just a matter of, getting away from the event mentality a little bit, you know, I mean, I don't want to do myself out of a job, but you know, I mean, what any business, even my for profit businesses, we've had a look at our video production business and going, what's core for us is obviously relationships and how we build those relationships and how we've, we've got our core supporters who have supported us for 10 years. Um, and it's a matter of going back to them and saying, Hey, how can I help you? What can we do? You know, we've been, in this together for 10 years and nonprofits have to do the same thing. They have to pick up the phone and, and, and build these stronger relationships. You know, you don't have to have an event to, to raise money, you know what I mean? Um, and so there's got to be a paradigm shift, I think in, in the overall thinking of fundraising, especially if you're, if you're in that slot of event fundraising and that's basically 90% of your revenue, you know, your business has to change. You know, you have to be relationship-based in everything that you do because we just don't know when this is going to end. And, and most of my clients, they have the information, they have the data, they have, you know, you know, a good email list. It's just that they don't 
have the mindset of building the right relationships. They've always been about donor acquisition, donor acquisition, donor acquisition, uh, and not going, hey, you know what I mean? The guy who's been giving us $1,000 should be a $5,000 donor nowadays. You know what I mean? They've been doing a thousand for five years, but like yeah. we've never had that conversation. And the biggest problem is that they've been under-resourced and now they're under the pump even more because budgets are shrinking, shrinking, shrink, shrinking. You know, I've heard some horror stories about layoffs you know and you know 95 percent of nonprofits have, have lost their people so yeah. it's 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 a terrible time you know what i mean and and I, I i just think that you know we have to go back to a basics you know when it comes down to it yeah it's a really good point so i, I was talking to our friend uh, jason lewis a week or so yep. ago yep yep and, and you know was, i had heard an organization say well this this coronavirus thing is is likely to destroy our organization and i thought to myself okay, well, maybe it's the thing that kicked you over the cliff. But if something like this is going to destroy your organization, it's likely because you weren't healthy to start with, right? You know, and it goes oh. back to, like you said, not having close relationships with donors, not building a reserve fund, you know, sort of always being on, on a razor thin margin, all those kind of things that, that are bad for business, that are also yep. bad for nonprofits, but really, you know, very few people in the nonprofit sector actually talk about. But I'm I'm curious, like with the clients that you're dealing with right now, how many of them are at a point where they could pick up the phone and have those conversations with these donors, or or is it really that you know the only relationship they have with those donors is once a year a donor comes to an event, gives a check yeah. in the room, like like it, it seems awkward to me to pick up the phone and start dialing and making asks if you've never had a a personal relationship with those people, you know. Yeah, it's it's a great question because uh, I've got a number of clients that are that are in that boat, and you know, for as you said, like, and and just to take a step back, you know, I mean, like any business, you know, we live in the ideology of a capitalist, you know, nation here, but every ten years we've got socialism that pops up at the moment. Um, so there's questions to be had and asked, but I think if you go back to, you know, your organisation wasn't healthy to start with. However, the business started or the nonprofit started, you know, it, it hadn't evolved correctly in this organization. And like, and I'm always the first one to say, I, I hate how nonprofits are held to an unfair advantage mm. um, when it comes to fundraising, when it comes to growth, when it comes to scale. That that annoys me to no end because like no for-profit business can run a 90-10 model, right. you know, <laughs> and, and, and scale and, 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 and grow. You know, we actually tried to do it with our video production business a couple of years ago where I said, I'm not going to do any marketing anymore. I'm just going to focus back on all the clients that I have and build a better relationship. And it worked. And so, you know, for, for the first, we actually saw growth doing that, but it's not sustainable growth. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I, you know, I mean, for, for, for where we are now, the issues of, you know, everyone, you know, the money, the pots are getting thinner and thinner and thinner, but now, you know, how do we go out there and get them? You know, how do we do this donor acquisition? So it's, you know, I, I'm always big things like, you know, maybe this is a catalyst for change in the industry overall where we can go, well, how do we effectively scale? You know, how does a nonprofit effectively scale, you know, but having good stewardship and good management, you know, and, and, and all those type of things. So I did, so I, I apologize. I digressed a little bit yeah. because I, I, I get on, I get on, I get on that and I, and I sort of continue to go, you know, so, you know, for me, there's maybe there's a greater opportunity for, you know, nonprofits to evolve, get out of the nonprofit. We are a nonprofit, you know, and get into re really how we 
are workable and scale. You know, I mean, how we actually, you know, as, as someone who raises $100,000 and have a $10,000 overhead is seen as a good organization where if you raise $100 million and you've got $30 million overhead, it's not. You know what I mean? Like that, right. that type of yeah. mindset's going to change. You know what I mean? In my, in my, in my, in my opinion. We, we can hope, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that evolution because one of the things that you said to me recently was that you're helping organizations pivot from in the room special event fundraising to, to a model where, where you're moving more virtual. Talk a little bit about what you're doing in that space. Yeah, so so six seven weeks ago, looking at this, I said, okay, things are going to have to change. We're going to have to do some, you know, look at how we do virtual events. So when you talk about a virtual event, you know, your technology is there. It's been there for years. You know, you've got one cause and all these other great platforms um, that do online bidding and you know live auction and paddle raise and you know all, all that type of stuff. Um, the P 2 P, it's all it's all there in a box. So many organisations have been doing some form of online auction, you know, call it virtual, but it's an online auction. So, you know, you've been out pushing out to web and, and, and doing that. But what I sort of proposed like six weeks ago was do more of a telethon style model. So the telethon of the 70s and 80s and even 90s was very, very successful or is still very successful in, in some forms and shapes and forms. You know, it's based on you know entertainment. It's based on you know energy and it's based on making people feel good. And so my idea was like, okay, we're in this really strange time where we're looking for hope. You know, we're looking for someone to hold our hand and tell us it's going to be okay. And I think we really need that. I mean, as a society, we really need the organizations. And because, you know, as nonprofits, we're always asking for money. We're not always giving back, you know what I mean, in, in mm-hmm. that. So we're always got our hand out, you know, the tin out going, we need help, we need help. And so my thought is like, don't worry about the money. The money will come, but let's put on a show. Let's put on something which is going to be really great and make people feel good. And that can be on the, any level from a small school to, you know, a massive organization. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a TV style format. So it's like a half an hour, like a half hour TV show is 22 minutes of TV time. It's eight minutes of commercials. And for an hour, it's 44 and 16. Um, Format, very simple. Any show you watch is basically that. And so it's being able to take that, you know, and being able to put it into a show. So, you know, having, you know, inspirational speaker, you could have a video. I actually was just watching volunteers in New York just before we got on their program. They had a nicely produced live fundraising event you know they had the ed speak which is great and they've had other interviews and so you're putting all this information in you know to be able to to be able to go live and have a have a live stream event where you can still do a fundraising ask at the end and so it it works you mean the model works there is no question about it it's just going from tv to to live stream you know elton john's been doing it and iHeartRadio. that they're all you know all those massive organizations are in into the fundraising mode when it comes to doing these live stream events or, or, or tv style telethons and so that was my thought process six weeks ago today you know i'm gonna get a thousand dollar fine if i'm within six foot of someone so so you know you know one of my clients out at princeton academy you know they're, they're a um they're a, they're a boys school of the Sacred Heart, and uh, you know that was our idea. We're going to do this. We're going to go go out to Princeton, put on the show. We're going to get some, you know, uh, a couple of uh, celebrities types who they are associated with with the school. Um, we're going to do we're going to do some songs and some music, and then put together a show, put together a production. But now we can't do that. <laughs> you know, we're, we're sort of stuck. So my idea six weeks ago, you know, is it, a very different idea now. Yes, we can still do that, but 
it's a different way of putting all the pieces of the production together. It's all, a lot of it's pre-recorded now. And, you know, the technology is still there to use it, but, you know, that's sort of where we are today. And tomorrow, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm always curious about this with all the events that I've been involved in before. There's definitely the, the fundraise at the event. Yep. But ideally, you know, for a really healthy program, you're walking in the door with a significant amount of money already committed, right? Yep. How in an environment like this does an organization stay close to those like corporate partners and, and major donors yeah. to make sure that they're protecting both the relationship and that revenue commitment, particularly in a model like this where there aren't people face to face, but where it yep. is this, you know, remote hands off type of, type of environment. What, what kind of thoughts do you have around that? Yeah, I actually think it's an amazing opportunity and not necessarily just for now, but maybe for future, it's a future model for a lot of organizations. Because if you go to a gala event, you're capped by headcount. So you've got 200, 300, 400, 500 people. You know, they're always out there smashing the corporate sponsors to be, a, you know, buy a, buy a page in a program which nobody reads. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so for me, it's like, okay, well, all of a sudden, let's just say you're a school. We'll use a school for an example. And we're doing a live stream event. So all of a sudden you've got all the current parents and their body. And so, you know, let's say the school's got 800 people. So you're automatically opening up the population to those who are going to be potentially seeing your event. Then you've got the grandparents of all those people. Then you've got the alumni, you know, and you know, the list goes on for people who are either a degree or six degrees separated from your potential organization. So the opportunity to get in front of thousands, tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of more people is huge. And at the end of the day, that's what a sponsor wants. You know, they, they want the bang for their buck. And so all of a sudden you can put together a sponsorship and advertising package, which you can say, well, you know, we have 12,000 people in our database. We've got, act we'll say it's 12,000 active donors and they give between, you know, $10 and $1,000 or whatever the numbers might be. But like, they're all numbers that sponsors can understand. You know what I mean? You can say, well, and we can add them to their website. You can do all this, you know, it's just like a, it's a pitch packet, you know, we're putting together of going, what can we do? Where can we add value for the sponsors? We can actually ask for more money because we're actually in front of more people. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, you know, and, you know, you could sponsor segments. You could sponsor, you know, they, they've, they've got potential. You've got eight minutes or 16 minutes or however many minutes you could have the lower thirds, you, you know, the, the real estate, available is huge not just for the live stream event but also after the live stream event you can cut up the videos it could be sponsored by you know i always get people you know tell them look get, get an event video and have it underwritten get them to underwrite the auctioneer or the live paddle raise or all these other things which you can do because like or even in the software program you know, like if you're getting a software program like you know one cause you know I always say like get it underwritten and it could be sponsored sponsored by andrew olson inc you know what i mean and you know and all of a sudden if you're putting this out there in front of thousands of people who are registering online you know the opportunity is just much more and it's just not about fundraising fundraising is a part of it but you've got your own branding it's getting people out there understanding your mission because like any event and please stop me because I can go no, on. There. No, keep it's, going, um, keep going. Like any event you go to, you know, you can throw a blanket over the, the core supporters and then there's 35%, 40% who don't really know much about your organization. You know, you're not necessarily getting a, 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 a donation from them. They've come with a friend or a friend of a friend or a corporate supporter table, you know, and they're not 
yeah, they're there for a night out. You know what I mean? The young professionals or whatever it is. Sure. I mean, it's yeah. so many, there are so many things that go into an event which don't make sense when it comes to actually fundraising. You know, it's like a lot of people say, oh, we need to educate, you know, these people about our event. I'm going, tonight's not the night to educate. You can tell them, you can tell them a lovely story and you can, you know, appeal to their heartstrings. But like the education is meant to be done six weeks ago, leading into your event or every other day because that's what your organization does. You know what I mean? So, you know, for me, the opportunity, you know, the technology is there to be able to do it fairly cheaply, fairly effectively, you know, and at a very good production level. And the opportunity to get in so more, I mean, like it's a numbers game. I mean, like, <laughs> why, yeah. would, you rather, would you rather be in front of, front of 300 or, or 3,000? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And I, I'm remembering back a conversation you and I had, I think on LinkedIn, when we were talking about, you were telling me about the cost to do something like this. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking about the costs that I've paid to do live events before, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I used to work in pediatric healthcare and we'd, you know, when we'd throw a big gala event or something, we might spend six figures or more Yeah. on, on everything. And, and to think that you can do an event like this that has a much longer shelf life much greater opportunities for sponsorship and things like that for, for like maybe a third of the cost even. Like that seems like a no-brainer for me. And to your point earlier, like I would look at that and say, okay, in this crisis situation, this makes sense, but might it also make sense for us long-term, right? Yeah, no, I, I think so. It's like, like if you put on a good show, people will watch it. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you know, you'll have the people who, who, who want to be, who will be associated with your organization. But like, if you put in a good show, it's, it's, it's no different to any content that we watch. You know, I, I will go and watch, you know, uh, an hour, uh, an hour thing about live streaming technical things. So, because I'm interested in that, but you know, if there's something else, it's just two minutes in on board. I'm not, I'm not, you mean like we have to be right. able to, to, we have to make a compelling content. We have to make it fun, exciting, hope, inspiration, you know, laughter, all those type of things have to have to come into the event that we're doing. Um, but no, I, I, I agree with the, you know, it's, there's a potential long-term, not for everyone, you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 I, and I'm predicting that once it's all over, you know, the wheels of nonprofit motion go back to pretty much the same in some ways and some will change and some won't, uh, you know, and that's probably the difficult thing, I guess, is to be able to say, look, you know, what, whatever you do, we've got to, We've got to make fundamental changes, you know, in your event fundraising. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's, there's a potential, not for everyone, but there is a potential because of the cost aspect to it and the opportunity to get in so many front of more people. So, you know, from a, from a, you know, we could do something which is fairly well cheap and cheerful for probably eight to 10 grand um, from a production standpoint. And, you know, production is how long is a piece of string? You know, I was having a conversation the other day and they're going, oh, we want a camera. We want three cameras and we want a celebrity guest. We've got a band coming in. And then, you know, that just continues to rise, you know. But if you've got, you know, if you're spending 150 grand on an event and we can put that on for 50 or 60, then, and then we're in front of tens of thousands more people, then, you know, the opportunity, the the numbers work. You mean, there's, there's no argument there. So, you know, and the live stream, the technology, everything that we're doing is going to get better and better and better. Over the last 10 years, you know, I bought a camera, you know, 10 years ago, which cost me $60,000. You can get the same quality style of camera, which shoots better pictures for like two grand today. Hmm. You know what I mean? So the, the technology has gone like that and prices has come like that. And every, every nonprofit needs to get going to have to have a better content video plan regardless. You know, don't worry about live streaming. It's about how you actually 
communicating with with your donors one of the questions i had the other day is going oh how, how do i do a live stream event without without software auction software <laughs> i mean you, you can't mate it's like <laughs> i mean you're, you're dead in the water i mean yeah. like you, you need to invest to get a return out of anything but yeah i think you know again i digress but like the numbers work you know from a good event, I think we can put them on from 25 to 30 grand, 30 to 40. Again, if you want, if you've got big visions to be the voice, then it's going to cost you 250 grand. You know right. what I mean? Like right. if you want to be at the, at the, at the local hotel here or at Cipriani's and there's a cost difference involved, you know, sure. so yeah, depending on your vision, but at the end of the day, it's got to be quality. It's, whatever you produce has got to be production quality. And that's, and that's sort of the main thing. I would suspect that, pretty much the same methodology and approach for getting typically we're, we're, we're thinking about how many, how many bodies in the door, right? How many people come to yep. the event? It's the yep. same, same set of tactics that you use to get people to actually join online and to, to spend the time to, to view the, the broadcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, like it's, it's not, I mean, you're appealing to their senses to why they follow your mission to your story, which you've hopefully told well, and continue to tell well you mean like, like you think about it you mean like a sponsors buying a table there's no taxable deductions in there for them or you know i mean there is a there's a portion of tax deductible sure. yeah. for me you know buying is buying a ticket or, or a table this is all in <laughs> you know what i mean every aspect of it is all in and like oh, and there's a greater opportunity because you know like I don't know how many people I speak to who, who, are, who are donors and board members who go to, you know, 10, 15, 20 events and they're tired of going to the events. Don't worry about that, you know, and they're tired of being, you know, throat, you know told that they need to do this and need to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. You know, there's an opportunity. It's like anything. There's an opportunity. It doesn't take, it's not going to fix your business <laughs> or your organization if it's, already broken it's not going to fix your organization if you don't have strong relationships because that's going to be how you do it it's like if you have a if you've had if you had a uh, you know 150 people uh, at your paddle raise last year who donated out of a room of 300 let's call it you know 50 percent you should be talking to them and on the phone like if you need to raise 150 grand today or next week or next month because you need to cover overhead expenses you need to be on the phone saying this is what we need to do because we can't we can't effectively maybe do a live event now because of all the restrictions, social restrictions and, and, and legal and otherwise that have been put on us. So, you know, everyone's got to be now just at the moment thinking of getting on the phones, saying, hi, how can I help? You know, we're still good. Cause like other people are doing that. Yeah. So I've had, I've had two schools uh, this week and another organization say, we're not going to be doing anything because you know, everyone's in pain and everyone is in pain. You know what I mean? Like everyone's in pain is financially and otherwise, you know, mentally. But if you're not asking them, someone else is. Absolutely. <laughs> you know I mean? Someone else is asking, you know, your donors for money to support something. And so I just, I don't understand why you would stop hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's like, it's rejigging. It's rethinking. You know, it doesn't have to be an event. You know I mean? I'm a, you know, I, I love events. You know, I love getting up there. I have fun doing them, but you know, I'm, you know, I understand business as well. I understand how I, you know I mean? Like people go, Oh, but we need this done too. It's so like, I've been talking to nonprofit clients for three years. who still haven't booked me. You know, <laughs> yep. like, I still have the conversations. I still, <laughs> Say, how can I, what can I do to help? And they go, no, no, we're okay. I'm going, no worries. We'll, 
you know, next we'll talk again. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It yeah. takes time. Well, and you're so right about like, I, I've been really surprised by organizations that are just going dark right now. And I, I can't remember if I told you this or not, but I, I have sort of the both sides of the spectrum with uh, organizations that we do work with. So I have, have some organizations that are saying, that's it, we're just done. We're not, we're not fundraising, you know, for the foreseeable future. And then I have others who have doubled down so hard that, you know, one of them has already banked their entire annual budget in the last yep. six weeks, you know, and another yep. one is raising, you know, has raised double what they expected to raise in the last 30 days. So, yep. you know, it, it's sort of like the pendulum swings both ways, but it swings hard both ways, you know, and if you're not prepared, you're going to get eaten by the competition. Oh, you're going to get eaten. I mean, you know, some of the numbers, I mean, the, the landscape might be less 70% of nonprofits. I mean, there's 1.5 odd mean of them in the U S and not a lot of them made, or you know, had a lot of money. If you look on look at the right. numbers, did well. So you know, you, you need to be able to, you need to be able to change and think from a corporate or a business standpoint on how you also do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, like we we all know. Like, you know I mean, I, I've done as many board meetings as saying, look, this is how we need to help you raise money, and then the CEO's got a different opinion, and the <laughs> ED's got something. That, you know, you, you know I mean, it, it is it is the dysfunction you know, which is so frustrating because you see the people wanting to do great work, you know what I mean? And on the lower levels and, and the, the, the development directors and, and everyone, but like there's so much, you know, dysfunction overall, which, which makes, you know, anything going forward. You know I mean, if, if I had that in my, in my business, I'd be broke. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah, like sure. I'd be, I'd be out of business. If I had a, you know, a, you know, 25 people telling me what to do and then a CEO then telling me something, you know I mean like it's, you know, I'd be out the door. Yeah. I mean, and 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 I, and I think that's unfortunately going to be, you know, the landscape we're in is going to we're going to fuel so much more pain. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a for-profit or non-profit business. I said, like, I mean, I've lost ninety-five percent of my income. Yeah, you know, in in five weeks. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and it's and for me, it's like. It's not about, you know, if people like to use the word pivot a lot and like pivoting and, and like, and for me, it's sort of like, ah, oh, it's like a band-aid, you know what I mean? It's like, there's got to be fundamental change management, <laughs> you know what I mean? Through, don't worry about non-profits, for-profits as well. Like it's Everybody. The same. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're in this awful place and, you know, and like going back to like, so my, my, I had a 14 month old son pass away five, six weeks ago, very suddenly. And, and, and um, it's obviously, he was a twin, uh, twin, twin. And I've got obviously four other children, you know, and that's effect that happened just basically as, as COVID was coming in. And we, we, we put a little fundraiser together, um, you know, we put it online and we've been asking people to donate. We know that people, are, you know, I've got people who have lost their jobs who've donated. And I guess, you know, and we've raised for the 40 odd thousand dollars. Wow. In, in five weeks and we haven't really you know i've put it on linkedin i've put it on facebook <clears throat> and, and it's been sort of a soft approach because i i know people are hurting but like goes back to that if you are not asking if you're not doubling if you're not looking at business you know and, and going out there and and asking for money then you're doing yourself and your mission a disservice you know what i mean because they're not they're going to go to someone else that they can see who's actually doing something in the community. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my sort of view on it. It's like, you, you need to go and ask, you need to, if you don't believe in it, then you're done. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, a big point of that is like, like you've said all along in this whole conversation, you know, if we're not giving people a reason to hope, 
right? Yeah. And a, and a, you know, not necessarily to be in t- entertained, but but you know, to to infuse some hope into the daily grind right now, you know, and even something like giving to a fundraiser like that, people can feel hopeful that they've been able to do something, right? Yep. And, and that counts for every every cause. Yeah, and it's funny, like so. I learned a lot when when he you know he's only recently passed, so it's it, it's very much heavy on on all our hearts. Um, and then I was and I was in this desperate, you know. Uh, sorry, I've got my PlayStation Four. It's my son's PlayStation Four. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where it all is. You've got um, vi- video game noises in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so I, I found it really difficult in a time where it was you know starting to become different for everyone else to be able to find. Yeah, and I deal with a lot of nonprofits. You know, I mean, I have a lot sure. of clients who I could have directed the money to. And for me, at that point in time, it was like, how many people can come along on our journey and 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 see what impact we're doing? Yeah. And so that was a key thing for me. And I end up I chose Charity Water because everyone that donates will be able to come along on our journey <laughs> with us. And in 15 months' time, we'll have a well or two wells or three wells in Africa, India or, or somewhere. And you know, there'll be GPS locations, but like they're going to have updates throughout the time. And so for me, it was like bringing, I wanted everyone who donated to be connected to us, not just because of a donation, but like for the next forever, you know, through, yeah. through something like this. And so, you know, I think it's very important going back to like, you need to bring people together, you need to give them hope you know, yep. an inspiration for me that gave me, gave other people hope. It wasn't just a donation. They were, they were actually holding on and coming with us on a, on a journey of, right. of Lachlan's memory as well. And, you know, I think a lot of organizations should be thinking about that more and how they integrate more people along, along their journey. Cause like just going out there and say, look, we need, everyone needs money. I mean, we need money. You know what I mean? We need money to pay rent. We need money to pay bills. <laughs> sure. um, but you know, it's, it's, it's that heart street. It's that, oh, I don't know. It's, you know, there seems to be a lack of connection in some of these nonprofits approach at the moment because they're so desperate. There's a desperation, which is unsettling, mm-hmm. I guess for me. And it's even for me, because it's like, you know, I mean, like I said, look, everyone just, you just got to take a breath. I mean, you, you don't, you don't have to have an event to survive. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to give, and, and like you said, like when entertainment, like my, my idea of entertainment is, giving someone giving them something to take their mind off mm-hmm. even if it's for, yeah. you know if it's for half an hour or, or an hour it's really getting people to take their mind off your means because like it's non-stop on every channel on every news outlet you know what i mean around the globe so you know for me it's like whatever you're going to give them give give them some give them a reason to to think about something else uh, you know depending on where you sit in the if you're feeding america or whatever you I mean that's a different conversation because you know that's that's now and, and it's very important you know to be able to to appeal to that and see see what's going on so you know there, there are a lot of different you know ways to approach it and, and i just think you know you've got to ask you know at the end of the day you've, you can't shut down or you know for me that's just i just don't understand why you do it it'd be like it's just throwing in the towel i mean like you can't this is the time to get get amongst it i totally agree with you i i, I can't even fathom like not stepping in and asking and even like, you know, stopping people who are stopping communication. Right. So not even just not asking, but I've heard a couple organizations say, well, we're not going to bother our donors right now. I mean, it, it just completely baffles me that there's, there's this sort of willingness to sit and wallow in the, the fear 
and not yeah. step out of that and say, you know what, we're going to call these donors. We're going to tell them they're important to us. We're going to check in and see if they're doing okay. You know, all, all that kind of stuff that builds good relationships, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just checking in. You, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if you look at the donor set of a lot of our, our, our clients, they're older. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're in, they're in uh, what we would call as a group which might be susceptible to COVID. You know what I mean? Um, so like what, what a time to pick up the phone and say, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you do so many great things for our organization and we really appreciate it and, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say, but like, are you okay? I mean, like, can we do anything? You know what I mean? Like they're probably going to say no, but like at least you've asked a question. For sure. Like you yeah. take the time to care. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a good friend named Tom Hooper who runs a, a company called Nimble Connect. They do uh, it's a virtual call center for thank you calls. Mm-hmm. And they started right. doing this for some of their clients this last week. They went out and appended some age data and they figured right. out who was, who on the donor files were like 65 years or older. And they're just making check-in like, you know, a welfare calls. Amazing. And, and they're getting great res- results out of it. Right. Like, Amazing. Not, not that they're getting a ton of money. Right. But uh, people are really appreciative and you know, the kind of the comments coming back are things like, wow, I didn't realize anybody cared this much, you know, let alone just a nonprofit that I donate to. Right. So, I mean, I, th- I think you're right. That kind of experience for donors reminds them that we don't just see them as ATMs. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's time to be human. Yeah. <laughs> you for know sure. I, mean? Oh, I mean, so much, so much. I mean, like just in our life is, is upside down and you reevaluate, things that you've done said, you know, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's easy to do. It's easy to pick up the phone call and say, hi, are you okay? I mean, like I must say, like I haven't, you know, my son's passing aside, like you know, the amount of friends that I have connected to, you know, that I haven't heard from for 15 years, you know what I mean? Is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, and, we are at the point where we need connection more than anything because we are unable to connect on a touch, hug, high coffee, you know, that, that, that thing which we crave as human beings. Yeah. Well, most of us do. There, <laughs> there's, there are some people that don't. Okay, I, I totally get that. Um, but like the, we'll call the majority, you know, and you always have to specify because people go, oh, I'm not like that. But like the majority of people want human contact yeah. and you don't have to do a lot to change someone's day. No different to my friend, my son, Charlie, who, who we talk a lot about philanthropy and, and, and stuff. And like, he's just the kind hardest kid. And like he will on the street go up and say hi to someone if they look like they're feeling down, you know what I mean? Like he, he'll, he'll go up and, and he'll ask me, so can I give some money to this homeless guy or can I go and buy him a cup of coffee? You know what I mean? Just to, just to change his day. And like, that's as simple as it is, but like getting on the phone and saying hi to someone, you know what I mean? You don't have to talk to the, anyone for 10 minutes. It's, you know, it's hi, how are you? Are you okay? You know what I mean like, yeah. are you okay? It's, <laughs> Yeah, it's probably one of the most you know, powerful sentences. You mean like because all of a sudden, someone knows that you care. Mm-hmm. You mean it's 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 we, we we make life complicated, but you know we all do. But uh, you know it's as simple as that. It is that simple, yeah. You know, and I, I think we're gonna end this right there because I think that's right. a powerful no. point, right? Like, <laughs> no worries, like yeah. it is simple, and it's that act of kindness and caring 
that, you know, for all the other things we could do in this, you know, fundraising environment, if we show donors that we care, yeah, and we take the opportunity to, you know, that one simple act of kindness, that's powerful, man. Yeah, it's, it becomes part of your story as well. Yeah. I mean, we talk about storytelling and that's, that's where it, it comes from, from the empathy of it. It's like someone's going to remember, people will remember that. Yeah. They're going to remember that you made that call. They're going to remember how you made them feel. That's the key. They're going to remember how you made them feel. If you made someone feel terrible, they'll remember that as well. You know what I mean? If Let's hope made... we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope not too. But, you know, that's, you know, that's, it is where it is. So. Absolutely. Well, Duncan, thank you for being with us today. Before I let you go, hey. how do folks get in touch with you if they want to hear more? Oh, well, you can come to my New York apartment if you like. But, uh, I, don't know I, if I, hear it's, I hear it's I really expensive if, for that. <laughs> I don't know if I'd let you in. But uh, no, you can, you can catch me. I've, I've got a, um, a website, uh, charityfundraisingexpert.com, and you can give me a call anytime. I'm always happy for a chat, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're not feeling good about life, I'm always good for a chat. Uh, I'll have that Australian way, I guess. Uh, my phone number is 917-575-0267, uh, and my email address is Duncan, being D-U-N-C-A-N, at duncanshieb.com. Awesome. And since we're talking to a bunch of people who are philanthropic and who give and, and raise money, is there a link that we can direct people to for the fundraiser for your son? Ah, uh, yes. It's, uh, it's long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't, let's do this. You send it to me I'll and I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's long. Uh, they don't, they didn't give me a very, uh, I needed a vanity <laughs> URL for that one. But, uh, yeah, no, that, I, pr- I appreciate that. Um, you know, anyone who wants to come on our little journey with us, it'd be, it'd be great, great yeah, to have you. We'd love to have our listeners do that. All right, man. Thanks for being here today. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Rainmaker Fundraising Podcast, brought to you exclusively by Newport One. Newport One can make a difference in your fundraising so that you can change the world. You can always reach us at podcast at newportone.com. Please take a moment to rate this episode on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. When you rate this episode, it will help more nonprofit leaders just like you to help find us and get the information that they need to raise more funds for their organization. Thanks again for listening today.